Let's get to it. This is Sebi Podcast. We welcome those of you again inside Studio C, inside of our broadcast booth, a familiar cast, of course, the best in the business. Michael Gray, the product of Virginia, and myself, Sebi, here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, streaming only here on WNSC Radio. And uh, Mike, uh, um, folks, Mike is getting ready to go to the Barclays Center to, uh, tomorrow, yep. where his TCU Rams uh, are the favorites uh, to win the Atlantic 10. Uh, Mike, uh, your thoughts on on what a great team that's going to be out there in the Barclays Center? Oh man, it's gonna be a great environment. I already know it's going to be a lot of a lot of uh, Ram Nation is going to come deep. Uh, I fully expect a, a great turnout, and I expect a, a great performance from the Rams on the court as well. Um, it's my first time coming going to Barclays Center and seeing a basketball game. Last time I saw a concert, so I'm I'm very excited for for. Not only right behind Jay Z's backyard too, huh? Yeah, yeah, out there in Jay Z's backyard. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited for not only just seeing the environment, but also seeing the excellent play on the court. Right, right, excellent stuff there. Um, a lot of stuff, a lot of tournament stuff that's going on today. Uh, later on in our segments, we'll go ahead and touch about that. We got a lot to talk about that, Mike. But first, we start off with the frenzy, the deals, what's been going on, the NFL free agency has just been going crazy. Right. Um, as we stand right now, there's breaking news. Um, Ravens All-Pro inside linebacker, CJ yep. Mosley, uh, getting a five-year, $85 million deal to go with the Jets. That's breaking news right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, one of, he's been one of the more premier inside linebackers for quite a while now in the NFL. Uh, so congrats to the Jets making moves there. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff from Antonio Brown to, um, you know, uh, Terrell Suggs not being part of the Raven flock anymore, and now in uh, in, in Arizona Cardinal, which is which looks weird. <laughs> yeah, shocking. He was he was a Raven. He would die a Raven. Right. Um. To, uh, boy, you want to talk about a team that's spending a lot of money? The Oakland Raiders. Mm-hmm. You go get Antonio Brown and then Trent Brown. Or uh, they get all the Browns families, yep. and then after that, you get a great player, uh, one of the premier safeties in the NFL from the Rams in LaMarcus Joyner. Uh, so you got to give a lot of credit to Mike Mayock and John Gruden trying to turn things around out there for the silver and black. Your thoughts? A- anything that stands out to you thus far in NFL free agency? Uh, Trent Brown getting his money. I'm happy for the big dog. He um, he was very, in my opinion, he was a very underrated offensive, offensive tackle uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. And then when the Patriots picked him up, I said the Patriots got to steal because this is a this is a this is a, a big time player that can protect Brady's blind side, and we saw what he did. He helped he helped lead them to the to to a Super Bowl championship. So I'm I'm happy for Trent Brown getting his money. He was very slept on. He's getting his just due, and um and he deserves it. Landon Collins getting signing his six year eighty four million dollar deal with the Redskins. Obviously, you know that huge that 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 that, that, that hit a hit a certain nerve for me, Sebby, uh, with, with, with me with my New York Giants. You know so. Yeah, there's something about yeah. that I didn't like, but I, I I said to myself, you know, uh, feelings and emotions aside, Landon Collins deserve, deserves every penny. He deserves all of that money. He's worth it. He's one of the top safeties in the game, and I, I'm happy he got his money too. It's just sucks that he went to a, a rival, a division rival, and I got to see him twice a year. But um, but um, but um, shout out to him. 
Um, the Terrell Suggs, the, the Terrell Suggs signing to Arizona was shocking to me. I actually, it was one of those guys I thought he was going to retire a Baltimore Raven. I right. Thought was, I thought they were going to at least, if not, you know, sign him long term, but at least give him a give him, give him the same type of contract that Arizona offered them, or you know, just something one year to, to let him know that hey, we still we got love for you for everything you've done for for for, for us over the years. Also, um, what what, what other big time stuff? We have we have. Uh, well, Antonio Brown, of course, that's probably the biggest one of them all. Going yeah, yeah, yeah. The silver and black. Antonio, um, Antonio Brown going to Oakland. That's that. That's that was a smart business move for him. You know, he he went from zero zero guaranteed dollars in Pittsburgh contract to now thirty million dollars in guaranteed money. So it was a it was a smart business investment. And, and above that, and above all that, above all the drama, the soap opera, we talked about that a lot last week uh-huh. about Antonio Brown and his diva antics. Um, the brother got paid, and he's right. big time. You know how I feel about Antonio Brown. Right. Um, like I said, in the last seven seasons, there's only one guy that compares to his numbers production-wise, not talent-wise, and that's Jerry Rice. Uh-huh. Anytime that you can be in the same sentence as Jerry Rice in, in, you know, in any type of elite class, you know you're doing something right. And so a- Antonio Brown was overdue. He needed to get paid. Um, and perhaps maybe the change of scenery out there – in the Bay Area, maybe a good thing for him. Um, right. The speculations that they're still in the running right now for his teammate uh, in Le'Veon Bell. Yep. Uh, so the Oakland Raiders definitely spending a lot of money. Yeah, Mike yeah. Mayock and John Gruden are making a little, little bit of noise out there. Hey, Seven, Seven, you got you make, you make a great point about Oakland. And you, you know what's crazy? I, I think I think they they they're really bringing a lot of big time players in, and they're trying to bring a bring a buzz back to Oakland because they understand that th- this team is moving to Vegas. Right, and you go to They need That's to right. attract. They they need to attract big time stars and have you know and have a have a a, a a nice turnout for when they come out there. So they're definitely doing that right now. Adding a B, possibly getting Le- Le'Veon Bell, um, securing securing Derek Carr's blind side in a, in a, in a left tackle with Trent Brown. They're making noise right now, man. They have a lot of holes to fill, especially on the defensive side. Before we can say that this team is a legitimate contender out there in the AFC, but. I like the moves that they're making so far. It's like when when Khalil, when Jay Gruden let go of Khalil Mack and and and, and Amari Cooper, it's like he's he's starting to he's starting to come back around and and make and make the pieces and everything is starting to make sense. It's like he was playing chess all along, all along, and and his moves are starting to make sense. So Oakland, Oakland is definitely on the rise, no question. Uh, uh most definitely, the most definitely there. Another team I've got my eye on is the Jets. Obviously, I just hit the breaking news here. They signed. Um, C.J. Mosley to a max deal, five years, $85 million. But also, they pair him up with another great linebacker from the Vikings and Anthony Barr. Mm. Um, that's right there, I believe. That can be a tandem right there. That could be special. Yeah. Um, we all know from his, historically, the Jets have always been great on defense, especially right. in their front seven. Yeah. Uh, the likes of Mohamed Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson. Um, you've had guys like Leonard Williams. And now you pair that with great inside and outside linebackers like Anthony Barr and C.J. Mosley, who just are vacuums. They're tackling machines. I think that, you know, that that tandem right there can potentially be something special. And you're in a division where you got to get after Tom Brady. You're in a division, you got to get after Sam Darnold. You're in a division, you got to get after Josh Allen. So, um, uh, well... Sam Donald is with the Jets, excuse me. You got to get after, uh, you know, Tannehill and also Josh Allen. So um, I, the Jets are, 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 are I, I like the moves that they've done there from a personnel standpoint defensively because that that's what fits their 4-3 defense that they run out there. Um, 
and, and they're still in the running for Le'Veon Bell, of course, you know, who's, um, I don't know if he's holding out or he's still like Antonio Brown trying to get his money. The Jets still are the favorites I'm hearing to get him. Um, and they've got all the money in the world to do so. So your thoughts about the gang green in, in the football, New York football Jets? Yeah, they're, they're definitely balling out. And to be honest with you, adding C.J. Mosley and Anthony Barr can actually secure this defense as being one of the top defenses in the league. Last year, Sebi, this defense was, wasn't was far off. They, 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 they pretty much had a solid season, but couldn't couldn't put everything all together. It was missing some pieces in some key areas. But securing that, that linebacker spot, they have a solid front seven, and like you said, with Leonard Williams and, and, and a few other players, they they have in, in their secondary they have Jamal Adams, Morris Claiborne, play players like that 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 that, that make big time plays in the secondary. So this defense is definitely on the rise. And Sam Darnold coming into his second year, this this Jets team, if they're there, if they're able to get even if they if they're able to get somebody like a Le'Veon or something like that, like this this team is on the rise for 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 for, for, for to, to to make some noise. Not only in the AFC but across the NFL, this if, if if they if they continue to come together and continue to make plays and make noise, I definitely see this Jets team um, on the rise. Because last year they took a few steps forward, and I I, I, could, I expect them to take even more steps forward this upcoming season. Here's an interesting one: uh, Tyron Matthew being uh, let go by the Houston Texans. Right. Tyron Matthew, um, uh, the Honey Badger, yep. the LSU product, All Pro. Um, yep. This guy, he could do it all. He could play inside the box. He could blitz. He could play inside in the run game. He He's a great leader in the back end. Um, great coverage skills. He can play matchup against tight ends um, and, and you know, slot receivers or any type of receiver that you need him to. Yep. Well, a, a head scratcher here. The Texans let him go. And all of a sudden, Andy Reid gets a chance to get his hands on him and now goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. We all know how explosive that Kansas City team was last year. Now you add a guy where they need to address things in the back end. Mm -hmm. Eric Berry, always banged up as great as he is. Now you get a chance to put the Honey Badger back there to help the Kansas City Chiefs. And and watching a lot of games with the Chiefs last year, their front four wasn't the issue. They were getting pressure. You know, Chris Jones was a pro bowler. Uh, Justin Houston, when he came back, they was getting pressure. But it was the middle of the field and in the back end that really, really – was a stress for Andy Reid and Bob, Bob Sutton's defense. So your thoughts, that's an interesting pickup there, Tyron Matthews. It, it is. To, and, to and kind it of, is. you know, alleviate some stress for Patrick Mahomes in the offense. No doubt. And it, it was a big pickup. And it, and it also, what, what also stood out to me about this deal was that it was a three-year deal. It wasn't a one-year deal like like, like what he's been getting in recent memory. It, it, was, it was somewhere where Kansas City feels like they, they, they can have success with him for the next three years. So that's that that's promising for him and that's good for a player to get that that's excellent for a player to have that reassurance from an organization that they want me long term and I don't have to worry about oh I'm gonna where I'm gonna be next year where I'm gonna be I could just continue to worry about about playing and balling out and this is a great pickup for Kansas City like you said the with the offense was never the problem and the front seven was never the problem the only thing holding this team back you're right was the secondary and the fact that they shared up another safety spot alongside Eric Berry uh, in, in that back half, and it's, it's, it's the, this team right here, if they can hold up and hold teams to, uh, I guess, under 20 points or around that 20-point area, they can win majority of their ball games just because nobody can stop their offense. The, the and, key, well, the, I, I think the key, you don't have to be perfect. Right. You could be in the middle of a pack defense. Right. If, if you can hold teams to three points, the field goals, right. and, and teams are 
are trying to play catch up with touchdowns because you know Patrick Mahomes is going to score touchdowns. Right. So exactly. if you're trading field goals for touchdowns, that would be enough, enough. For, for, for Patrick Mahomes to get you to the promised land. So that's a great signing there uh, do, for Kansas I, City. I, like yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, I like it. I like it, man. Um, uh, another one that, that kind of catch up. What about the quarterbacks? Um, uh, Nick Foles, Super Bowl hero. Um, they, they call him St. Nick in, in Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> perhaps one day they'll, they'll probably build a statue for him. He delivered uh, the first ever championship out there in Philadelphia. And we know how crazy Philadelphia fans are for, are for football. Right. Um, he got paid. and He went to Duval in Jacksonville. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Nick Foles, um, since, you know, in 2016 when he won the Super Bowl, he's been 10-2 and two in the postseason. Well, 10-3. They, they lost to the Saints. Right. It's not his fault. Uh, but he got paid. The man got the bag. Four years, $88 million, $50 million guaranteed. Think about that. $50 million guaranteed. Boy, Mike, the, the, the free agency market for quarterbacks just keep on rising and rising. Your thoughts about perhaps are, are the Jaguars' defense going to revert to the team that we saw maybe two years ago, be, given that they have a competent quarterback now and Nick Foles to – to help him on that offense, I feel like I feel like they will. I feel like I feel like last year's struggles with that defense came. With, it was a mental game because they understood that. What's the point of me exerting all of my energy on this defensive side if all if all if all the quarterback if all Blake Borders is going to do is turn the ball over or is or we're not going to get anything positive? It's going to be a quick three and out, and I got to come right back on the field. That defense was tired last year, Sebby. They they won the field. Right. There were certain games right. where they were they were on the field for. Um, more more than 65 percent of the snaps in the game. It was absolutely. It was, it was bad. So so I think this year with a, with a guy like Nick Foles, who if he can keep the turnovers down and he's going to bring that excitement in the locker room, and if he if he continues to 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 have the success that we saw in Philly and, and make some noise with this defense, this defense mentally will get back to where they want to be. And they know Nick Foles doesn't have to be Tom Brady. He doesn't have to be Drew Brees. He doesn't have to be the best quarterback. He as long if he could, if he could put up. 20, 25 points a game, they, they'll, they'll win majority of their games because of how good this defense is. This defense is that elite. They still have majority of their players. They didn't lose too much. They lost Malik Jackson in the middle, which is big, but you still have big-time players like Calais Campbell, or Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, Jalen Ramsey, of course, in the back half, A.J. Boye. So they, they still have stars. Stars all over this field. and, and Miles Jack in the middle, Telvin Smith. Right, Miles Jack and Telvin Smith, who are some – Physical, fast linebackers that can cover and come up and, and run and run support as well. So, this defense is, is geared to have another great season, and with big foes can only help that. Yeah, I, absolutely, and I will agree with you one hundred percent there. I and from you look when you look at from uh you know the front seven to the back end, Jacksonville personnel wise is probably the best defense in the NFL. You 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 talk about how how fast they are. You're a modern day. Um, you know, type of defense that can uh, have leverage up front, but also have the personnel to match up with speedsters because of their fast linebackers, because of their aggressive corners, uh, Boye and and the greatness of a Jalen Ramsey. And then, of course, you got Sean Gibson in the back end to solidify that safety position. So I, I believe that Jacksonville with Nick Foles will be the most improved team from last year to this year. They won five games last year. They, I expect them to win at least nine to double digits along coming with Nick Foles. Right. Um, and, and before we end here and get to our other segments, 
a underrated pickup that not a lot of people are talking about. Um, any any guys that bring bring brings it to your head at this point? Kareem Jackson going to the Denver Broncos. Um, I, I feel like he's a very underrated safety. He signed a three-year, $30 million deal with the Broncos. With The Broncos, ever since their loss with T.J. Ward, in my opinion, their, their defensive secondary hasn't always quite been the same. Right. They needed that one safety to, to kind of help them out because Darian Stewart is a great safety. But he but, but he, he, he was an even better safety when he had another guy. Uh, he had a guy like T.J. Ward back there with him. We all know how how un, how great and slept on, but how underrated this guy Chris Harris is at the cornerback position. Oh my oh, gosh, he, big time! He can big cover in, in the slot. He can cover outside. the best in the business in the slot. Oh man, he's 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 top he's top deal. And Bradley Roby on the other side as well. It has been performing at a high level. So you add Kareem Jackson to that secondary, along with the front seven that you have with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb and. And players like that. Oh. This, this, this defense can revert back to that defense we saw in Peyton Manning's last year when they won the Super Bowl. So I like Kareem Jackson for, for the Denver Broncos signing that deal with them. Absolutely. That's a great that's a great pick there because what we know about John Elway, he loves uh physical defense defenses, even when uh defensive coordinator Wade Phillips was there uh coaching and, and coaching that that defense there. Now he's gone. Right. And so now uh, he stuck with that mantra, stuck with that DNA. They love physical corners and they love physical uh, uh, pass rushers. Right. So they believe in playing man to man, and and hopefully Denver now with with Joe Flacco uh, at helm uh, can can make something. But a lot of great stuff in the NFL free agency, folks. Um, and and if you want to catch up and don't miss any of the action, follow us here on Sebi Podcast and our Twitter at Sebi Podcast. And to, ca- to catch up on all of the free agency news. Folks, when we come back, March Madness. Yes, that's right. Selection Sunday is next weekend. And Mike and I talk some tourney talks. Folks, you're listening to the SEBI Podcast Show. Streaming only here on WNSC Radio. Hello, my name is Ian Saunders with Saunders Property Group, powered by Home Expo Realty. I'm a sponsor, proud sponsor, and a big fan of the SEBI podcast show. Make sure you tune in. Just wanted to share uh, a few nuggets with you about the Central Florida real estate market. Uh, Population growth is about 7%, which is among the top in the country, especially here in Central Florida. And I got news for you. If you're a renter, average rent is about $1,600 a month. What if I told you you can purchase a home, a $200,000 home, and pay less than that? Well, we can show you how. Uh, Just wanted to... Be sure that you guys understand that at this point, interest rates have dropped to a 10-month low. So that means the money is cheap and you get more bang for your buck. So if you're looking to learn more, definitely touch bases with me. Definitely tune in to Sebi Podcast Show. And in fact, hashtag Sebi Podcast Show and I'll help you get lender credits. Pay off your closing costs. Hey, thanks for your time. Have a good one. Here with you on air on the show here today, Mike. Uh, any any NBA news to you that stood out over the week here? Um, you know the Celtics. There's been this notion that my Celtics. You know how good uh, how how I feel about them. <laughs> on this West Coast road trip, and all of a sudden, perhaps their misery and their problems and their concerns have been out the door. A beat down against Golden State the first game. They beat the Kings in a very close one. 
and then they do easy work of the LeBron and and, and the playoffless Lakers. Should we say. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, so yesterday they get a beat down against Sweet Lou and a very impressive and a and very impressive Clippers team. That's the Clippers team by Lou Williams and led by Doc Rivers and and Don, Danilo Gallinari. That they are a low seed in the West, but boy, they play and they scrap really hard. Uh, so uh, the Celtics have been riding high as of late, although they have a, a little limp yesterday. Um, any other news in, in the NBA to you? Um, we know the fight yesterday with Ibaka going along with Marquise Chris uh, around that scuffle. And then Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook and the Thunder sweep the Jazz this year. That's four yep. wins, four in a row. They won two in Salt Lake City and two out there in Chesapeake Energy Arena at home. And and Russell Westbrook awfully had some things to say about those Utah fans out there in Utah that they've been, you know, disrespectful, malicious, and just, you know, utterly disrespectful. And so your thoughts, any anything over the weekend there? A couple of things. One, I think people uh one, I think people are over uh hyping this uh go to state warrior situation. We all know how they turn how they turn it on in the playoffs. Now granted. Granted, it, that's not usually the formula that you want to go with of, of uh, you know, getting bored in the regular season and thinking you could just turn the switch on in the, in the postseason. But when you have a team like the Golden State Warriors, when they're fully healthy and when they're motivated, we all know how they play basketball. They defend, they get at you, and they knock down knock down perimeter shots. Uh, it was a point in the time in the game the other day against Phoenix where they were 5 for 28 from 3. Right. That's not, that's not normal. You're not going to get that in the playoffs. You're not going to get that when this team is at their best. And and I'm not worried about the Golden State Warriors one bit. I, I fully expect them to be uh, at at least in the conference in the Western Conference Finals and and definitely in the NBA Finals, depending on the matchup. So I, I, think, the, I think the Warriors' noise is overhyped. I think they're just getting ready for the postseason and they're ready for it just like everybody else. Also, uh, back to your point about the Clippers. I think this LA Clippers team is better than a lot of people are giving them credit. I agree. This, I watched this, them live. This last LA night. Clippers team is so is is deep. They play physical. They have that that Patrick Beverly mentality is has resonated throughout the entire organization. And I got a lot of respect for Doc Rivers. I do. This might be his best coaching job he's done ever this season with this team. When you look at and, and this is a championship coach I'm talking about. When you look at the body of work of the players that he has with him now, the the actual coaching that he's had to do this season with reconstruction. This team was supposed to be in rebuild mode when Chris Paul and Blake Griffin left. This team was was supposed to be a team that possibly was playing for a lot of reason in, in the future, but they continue to they continue to 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 be in the mix, and and he has this team in the playoff hunt co- consistently in the Western Conference. And my my goodness, I cannot rave enough about Lou Williams. The Lou Williams that this brother right here is a professional scorer like no other. He's been doing this his entire career, ten plus years. And it's, 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 in, it's in fact, in it's, fact, Mike, in fact, Mike, last night, Lou Williams stands alone as number one, passing Del Carey as the only player in NBA history to have the most bench points. Right. Yes. And this brother, he loves his role. He's he accepted his role from the time he came into the league, and he's only and he's mastered it to full effect. He's only gotten better. He when he scores, he makes it look so effortlessly. It's it's, 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 it's it's not even a competition for anybody. And the way he's playing right now, the way Danilo Gallinari is playing right now, 
on the offensive side, along with the toughness that they have on defense with Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harold. This this Clippers team is dangerous, man. And and they they they're coming off two big time wins against Oklahoma City on Friday and then against Boston last night, where they just look very impressive. They they won two multiple different ways. They they show that they can close and all that. So I, I'm definitely looking out for this Clippers team. Also over the weekend, I noticed um the uh, Indiana Pacers fell fell to the uh to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, that that was a big loss for them because the the they the, the Pacers are starting to 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 lose some games and and, they, and people are and then they're, yeah they're, they're starting to slip a little bit yeah they're starting to starting to slip a little bit and Philly Philly with that win is, is getting closer and closer to the three to the three seed and if Indiana keeps losing they could drop down to that four or five seed and that's a bad matchup for, for for them because that means that they would have to go up against either Boston or Boston or Philly and, and you don't and then and, and they they don't want to see that so. Um, I, I I think Philly Philly winning that game was huge, holding holding Indiana to thirty points in the second half. Uh, they, they they show great toughness in defense, and Joel and B keeps keeps improving, keeps proving everybody why he's the best center in basketball. So it was, it was definitely some some big time highlights, some big time highlights over the weekend. The the those those were the two that 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 I, that I took from. It definitely there. And you want to go back to the Clippers thing. Lou Williams, uh, like you said, a professional. I remember this young kid when he just came in a league and was just like just a, 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 a body for the Philadelphia 76ers. He's made a name for himself. Right. Um, you, want, you can talk about Jamal Crawford being one of the best and elite uh, scorers off the bench. But Lou Williams, I mean, I'm watching him last night go for 40 against the Thunder. Last night against Boston, go for 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 thirty four. He's 30 combined seventy four points in the last two games. Yep. I mean, in the Clippers, man. I mean, <clears throat> Danilo Gallinari is a bucket getter. Lou Williams is a bucket getter. And and you're right, Doc Rivers. This might be his best coaching job for a while. You've got toughness. Who? Mark March Montrez Hell. He comes in there and he's just feisty on the yep. boards. He's feisty on defense. Patrick Beverly. We know how. We already know the DNA of Pat Bev. Pat Bev came from the hood. He yep. came from the streets, from the slums with nothing. He started playing basketball with rocks. So, you know, it, 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 he's been playing against monsters all his life, and he never backs, that, backs down off a challenge. And I think Hollywood all of a sudden, Hollywood, the, 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 the flair, the finesse Hollywood is taking, uh, you know, taking the mantra of a coach and some of these players as blue-collar players, as toughness, and we grind. We know we're not the Los Angeles Lakers, but we're going to fight. And who knows? Right. And, and again, Mike, I bring this up. The Clippers have two uh, – uh, potentially have a chance to get two max deals. Yes, sir. Max free agency. A la Kevin Durant, a la Kawhi Leonard. To pair them up with this already nucleus that they have right now, oh, the future looks bright for the Clippers. It sure and, 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 and I go back to this uh, – Thunder thing because the Thunder really struggled last year against the Jazz. Gotcha. Um, I, I still believe in the Jazz. I, I'm I'm still one of these teams that believe in, in the Jazz right here. I think Donovan Mitchell and Quinn Snyder is a great pairing al alongside how Gobert and the team plays defense. But you know, for a team in, in the Thunder that really struggled with them in that series last year, winning four straight this year in the regular season. I mean, look. Hey, it's I know it's the regular season. When a team got your number, a team got your number. Paul George, he said, "Enough is enough. I'm tired of hearing that." If Joe Ingles can lock me up, and I'm going out there and I am playing the best basketball of my life, 
So the Thunder, although I would say the Rockets have, you know, jumped them a little bit in, in my seating as in terms of who can beat Golden State in the West, they're still there in contention to play for the West. And, of course, we go to the Warriors, my man. The Warriors, like kind of like what you, what I said about my Celtics, Mike. The Warriors, we know they're bored. We know they're not. Their they're standard is they're not here to play for regular season games. But the way that they're playing and the tendencies is what's the problem. First of all, you lose. You get blasted by Boston by 30. This is the fifth time this season that Golden State has lost at home in a building that not a lot of teams have success against. Teams get frightened and they just lose in warmups in Oracle. They, they've lost five games over 20 points this season. Not only that, you lose to the Suns. Now, this is a Suns team, Mike, that we didn't start putting attention to them too. They beat the Celtics twice, beat the Warriors twice, and the Bucks twice. They beat the Celtics, so, they beat the Celtics once, I guess. Uh, yeah, twice. They, they swept them in Boston as well. Yes, that's right. No, but so, you know, Boston beat Phoenix and Phoenix, though. Remember the overtime game? Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. They beat them in that overtime game. That's right. That's right. They beat Boston. Yeah, absolutely. But, but you're right. They did beat them in Boston, though. Yes, yes. A couple years ago. And so oh, all of a sudden, Devin Booker, who I've, I've said that needs to leave Phoenix because I think he's, a, he's a, a, a potential superstar that's just stuck in a bad situation, is sticking things out with DeAndre Ayton, who's having. An underrated year yeah. for the Phoenix Suns. Yep. And so now you've got Josh Jackson and Mikel Bridges' athletic wings. This is what the NBA is starting to be, the modern-day athletic wings that can be successful in this season. So we got to pay attention to the Suns. But back to the Warriors here. Again, I bring this up. They've got a boogie problem. A lot of teams putting boogie in pick and rolls. They put another boogie in pick and rolls. And I think that Steve Kerr's got an issue. And, and the issue is fixable. You got to put Boogie on the bench and say, hey, when on, on my second unit, we're going to run the offense through you. We're going to bring in Bogut because they've gotten Bogut. They called him up from retirement out there in Australia. They say, hey, we need you for defensive purposes. Right. So I would start Bogut and I would bring Boogie off the bench and say, we're going to play on and run our offense and our offense is set through you because they're lacking depth, one, on the, on the bench. And I think Boogie can offset that. And two, on the starting lineup, they're, you're not having an Achilles heel outside of Steph Curry that you have to worry about. Right. And then offensively, I think they'll get it together. Klay Thompson is back. Hopefully, Katie's not out for a while. But this is a strange year for the Warriors because they've been, this is the first time they've been the most vulnerable since the Katie era. It, it, it definitely has. And going into this season, we, are, we already knew that this was going to be their toughest test because I don't care what the situation is, it's so hard to three peak. Ain't you always going to get somebody's best shot, especially if you're the go-to-state Warriors who has been to the finals three, four straight four straight years. You get bored with the regular season. You know what I mean? So you, right. it's just part of, the, part of the territory. But these playoffs right here are going to be their toughest matchup. In my opinion, their toughest matchup in the playoffs is the Oklahoma City Thunder. The, 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 the way that they defend and the way that Westbrook and Paul George have been playing this year, the Oklahoma City Thunder can definitely give the go-to-state Warriors the most problems, in my opinion. The Houston Rockets are a different story because it's all, it's like a mental game with Houston. G- G- Golden State feels like um, when, when, when you beat a team on your on their home floor in a game set, that mental hurdle of fear fear goes out the window. So you, so it's like it's like it's like they, they don't fear Houston. They, they they don't worry about Houston because they've actually beat them on their home court in the game seven. 
So I feel like the fear, the fear would come from OKC because of what OKC can do when Paul George and Russell Westbrook are playing at their peak level and playing as good as they could possibly play, and and that that that, that bodes trouble for the Warriors. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I'm going to differentiate with you there. Yeah. I've said Oklahoma City all year long has been the biggest threat to the Warriors. Uh, um, but as of late, the way that the Rockets have been, they've been rounding into form. They have been rounding into to playoff form. CP3, and here's the key. As long as CP3 is healthy and James Harden shows up on the biggest stage, and, and these are two things that we are uncertain about every time we go into the playoffs with the Rockets. Right. Chris Paul's health. And then James Harden, is he going to show up? If if those two guys can coincide and have some cohesion, I still think right now the Rockets are just rounding into form. They're playing defense. They're stopping teams. And they're just, you know, outscoring teams and a differential of like 28 in the last 10 games. A point differential of 28, that means not only that you're locking, stopping teams from scoring, but you're scoring about almost a basket every possession. Right. So I think that the Rockets – with that formula right there, they're going to round into form. And, and as long as you can get contribution with Austin Rivers and guys like Kenneth Fareed and and and, and uh, Eric Gordon can still knock some trade balls down every time they collapse the defense with Harding and CP, I think that the, the Rockets are still going to be there. But the problem is the uncertainty. Will Chris Paul's health still be there? Right. And will James Harden show up? That's what we're not certain about. But I'm going to I'm gonna keep my faith here and hope that, you know, the greatness of a James Harden and Chris Paul gets it done. And, and, and I think that they're rounding into form at the right time. And they pose the biggest threat to the Warriors um, just slightly over uh, the thunder right now. But here's yeah. the key thing. And, and I talk about regular season meetings a lot. I know they don't mean much, but to me, they, they have some type of evaluation and some type of value here. The Rockets 3-0 and this year against Golden State, right? They play them this upcoming Wednesday. At the Toyota Center, they have a chance to sweep them all four times. We're really going to see which Houston team, are, are they for real, or are they just going to be a team that just gets bounced in the second round? Right. right. That, yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, you, you're actually right about this, Rockets. The Rockets team actually do match up match up very well with the Warriors. It's just, a, it's just a mental game, in my opinion, when it comes to the Warriors versus the Rockets because they know it's like when you beat a – you, we know how lethal – and how crazy a game seven can be on the road, you know what I mean? And and that 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 that's what we feared last year with Golden State, them being a the number two seed and having to go on the road. And we we feared the possibility of a game seven not on their home turf. And they went in there and they handled business. And stars stars woke up and became superstars. So so we we know we know what they can do if it came down to that point again. But I I, I feel like the, the uncertainty of playing OKC in the playoffs. And playing Westbrook in that game seven, and you already know how crazy Westbrook would go, and how hard he would go going against Kevin Durant in a seven-game right. series. You know what I mean? So that's like I, I, I take all those factors into it as well. No doubt, definitely there, and a lot of stuff to talk about. Of course, you got the NBA, you've got March Madness, you've got NFL free agency. But one thing that's in common with all those three things. You can find it here at the Sebi Podcast Show, <laughs> streaming only here on WNSC Radio, led by myself and my co-host right here in Michael Gray. And thank you, listeners, for all the time that you have for now. Until next time. And this is Sebi Podcast Show.
the greatness of John ja Morant. John ja Morant, big time player. Uh, he won the OVC single handedly for the Murray State Racers against Belmont, dropping 36 points and seven assists. Is John ja Morant really a lock for the number two pick in this NBA draft? We discussed that. But first, my our second opening segment today, guys, is proud and sponsored by Haifa Hookah Lounge. Haifa Hookah Lounge, the official partners and sponsor of the Sebi Podcast Show. Zeus, Hector, and the entire gang here in downtown Sanford has invited myself and the entire cast in the community here in Central Florida to check us out. Have a great time. Beer special, wine specials, hooks, and more. If you're in town, you might want to check out Haifa Hookah Lounge. And the heck with it. Tell them Sebi sent you. Mike Jamarant, big time player. Uh, like we mentioned, is he a lock for the two for the second uh, consensus second pick? We all assume that Zion Williamson will go one. Your thoughts about uh, this big brother, this big time player in John Morant out of Murray State? How did he get slept on by these big programs? Oh, I have no idea. I think he fell under the radar. Was it? I, 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 I'm hard. It's hard to believe whether or not if it was um. Uh, whether he wanted to, he chose to go to an HBCU or or or, or if or if it wasn't was it a great thing whether why why he didn't go to a, a D one school because this brother right here is special man I, I, he's, 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 big he's, he's big time he's a big time baller and um sometimes sometimes you have these players that that, that get slept on because other players are are, 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 more, are more in a in a bigger market or more talked about in in um in a in a in a higher setting but. I mean, this brother's name. Is he a lock for the number two? I think we. I think that's. I think we've yet to see that. That's yet to be determined because we, I, I want to see how he looks in the tournament. Right. I want. I want to see how 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 he plays against against the top top competition in college that college basketball has to offer. And um, if he if he continues to perform and ball out the way he has been and leads this team um deep deep into the tournament, then I definitely see him being a lock. No question. He continues to play how he's playing. And there's no there's no big time drop offs, and we we don't see any any um any other any other teams in the tournament expose any big time weaknesses in his in his game, any flaws that he may have, then that then I definitely see him as a lock. But right now I'm just I'm just enjoying watching the brother play, man, because he's special. He, he's indeed special. I, I have a, a a a source here um for the Lakeland Magic, that is the G League or uh, for the Orlando Magic here, and I talked to a source. And I told him, John Morant, who, do, who does he remind you of? He said, he's got the IQ of a John Wall, but the explosiveness of Russell Westbrook. And I said, that may be enticing for a lot of NBA scouts and a lot of NBA uh, uh, GMs because another Russell Westbrook, I mean, w- without all of the, you know, IQ or, or the headaches, that could be enticing for any uh, franchise. And, 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 and he told me something important and something that, was that really stuck to me? He said that John Morant is a late bloomer. Um, he wasn't this good, or um, I guess the size in his frame that he is right now uh, at six five. He wasn't that when he came out of at his junior year, where you know you're getting evaluated by a lot of scouts and stuff like that. So he was a late bloomer. That probably was the reason why the Kansases of the world, the Kentuckys, the Dukes kind of passed up on him or even some of the big teams, marquee teams in the Big East passed up on him and he ended up in the OVC. And boy, this man right here, I mean, I'm looking at him, Mike, and you tell me a flaw. He can score. He's the only guy in Division One to score, to average 20 points and 10 assists. That's right. 
only guy. Trey Young was close a couple of years ago. But you talk about John Morant, he could score the rock. You know, he could get his teams uh, involved, right? Right, right. He, he can play some defense. We've seen him get some great steals in that great block against Belmont in the championship game uh, Saturday night. And then you, you just saw it. You just saw it from his coach. The last two, three seconds, they weren't even running sets. They said, John Morant, high ball, high pick and roll or high screen, ISO, you take us to the promised land and you just take us to the tournament. I mean, this guy's bro- this brother's big time. Um, it's going to be interesting where, where they, they land in the brackets here. Um, can they win a game? Can they win two games in the tournament? Yes. The, the, the way he's playing, if he can play at a high level and actually even even eclipse what he's been doing throughout the season, yes, they definitely can win two games. They definitely could be a Sweet 16 basketball team. No, 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 no doubt in my mind. Absolutely there. It's going to be fascinating for John Morant. Uh, just just the raw specimen and the raw talent that he is. And, and of course, we got some other teams. You know, you've got the Bradley Braves winning eight of their last nine games. This is a team like the Bradley Braves. Yeah, I saw, I saw their comeback. They came back. Yeah, that's the right. They, they, they started off their conference 0-5, 0-5, right? And yep. all they've done is just ran eight of the last nine games in that conference when the outright Missouri Valley tourney to win an automatic bid to get into the tournament. And, of course, the this week is going to be interesting because all of the Power 5 teams, their conference tourneys start, the SEC championship. You've got Tennessee. You've got LSU. Right. You've got Kentucky. What a, what a conference that is, Mike. And then you've got the ACC, Duke, Virginia, um, and, and the likes like that. North Carolina fighting and having their sights at a number one seed. They yep. put a beat down on Duke. Yep. You've got the Big East tournament coming up, the Big 12. A- any of these things that you're excited to watch? I'm excited to look for the Cinderella story. Who's going to be the Cinderella this year? I feel like we're going to have not one, but possibly two Cinderellas this year. Ooh. I feel like it's going to be two teams this this year that are going to go on a, a, a nice, solid run. I don't know how far, but they're going to they're going to upset a lot of teams and possibly meet each other. I feel like this year is, is filled with so much competition, so much talent across the board, not just on the top 25, but across college basketball. And it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be some, some, some great games, man. We're, we're going to be said, we're going to, we're going to be talking about this March Madness, this, these tournaments, 2019 years to come for, for, for years to come. That's how special this tournament is going to be. And I'm just excited to see, which which Cinderella teams jump out and 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 upset and and upset and make some noise and make a name for not only themselves but their, their but, but their schools. Excellent there. And for me, I'm here to tell you uh, the two conferences that I have my eyes on is the SEC and the ACC. For me, gotcha. um, the I've got news for you, Mike. Uh, Duke, as impressive Duke has been all year, they're no Sherlock for a number one seed anymore. They no. might fall to a two. I mean, right. uh, the the way that these Tar Heels and Coach Roy Williams have uh, come strong in these last couple 10 games have been – they've put an uh, impressive resume. They've swept Duke. Um, obviously, they they got swept by Virginia, who I think they're automatic locks as a one, regardless of what happens in the tournament, yeah. uh, their, their um, conference tournament, should I say. But, uh, you know – Gonzaga is a lock. Virginia's a lock. And, and then who else is the actual lock for a number one seed? And right now, North Carolina has their eyes set on that. 
And I think the committee's best has been very pleased with what the Tar Heels have done thus far as of late. So, uh, you know, you've got three teams in the ACC potentially looking at worst, potentially playing for at worst a two seed in the right. tournament, which is, okay. shows you how strong the ACC on the top right. tier is. And then the SEC, you got the big dogs, the LSU Tigers, the Wildcats of Kentucky, and also Tennessee. Also, uh, Tennessee, to me, I, I think that the loss against Auburn kind of fell into a two line. Uh, they right. were one to me. I think they fall into a two. So we'll see if they win the SEC tournament and maybe get back to that one line. Um, right. Kentucky right now, uh, for me, would be at the one line as well. And then LSU, out of nowhere, one of the more dangerous teams, one of the more red-hot uh, teams in the entire country. Uh, if they can potentially win the SEC uh, conference, where are they going to land? Are, are they as high as a two? So a lot of things uh, to, to keep an eye on in this coming weekend for conference championship uh, weekend here. Yeah, definitely, especially especially with that ACC. You you hit it right on the nose. If Duke can come out with Zion coming back and win the whole thing, you are, they're, they're automatically a lock, in my opinion, a, a lock for number one because because of how you know we got to anticipate what we saw with Zion and we anticipate what we're gonna see with him in the tournament. So he they have to be a number one lock, like you said. And uh, you're right. I'm excited to see. Um, I'm excited to see what uh what seeding VCU is gonna be. You know, right now they're projected to be an AFC, but if they come out and win this Atlantic 10 tournament this season, Joe Lenardi was there at the game the other day. He was saying he said that that the the that the Rams can move all the way up, all the way up to a possibly a six seed. Right, so, that'd be huge. <laughs> which is which is major, like you said, depending on how dominant they look out here in in, in Atlantic 10. So I'm excited to see those the, those those two seasons from from those two conferences. And you hit something very special. Not a lot of teams think about this. Uh, when you're an eight seed, you uh-huh. play the eight and nine seed first on your round of 64. Yep. And then after that, you're in that same bracket as the number one seed. I've always told teams you want to get away as far as you can from the number one seeds because you're potentially playing a Duke, a Gonzaga, a Virginia in the second round in a round of 32. Good luck. Right. So uh, <laughs> if you can always move up into that six seed, kind of like if, if the VCU Rams were to win their eight, eight, ten and run the table um, there – and get to six seed. Now you're you're in a more comfortable zone. You're playing the 11 seed at first, and then you're playing the three seed, um, uh, as in terms of the one seed. So that's that's a better place to be in. So th- a lot of things for a lot of these mid major schools playing for kind of like VCU as well. But a, a lot of stuff to talk about, and you hit some interesting stuff about the Cinderella team. Uh, any. Anything that I don't know that you're telling me, Mike. What are you telling me? You're I'm, telling me there's gonna be two Cinderella teams. Well, I'm, who are they? Who are they, Mike? Who are they? <laughs> I, I I'll tell you one for sure that teams need to worry about it. You know who I'm getting ready to say, Sebi. You already know how it's going down. These BCU Rams are special, man. This team is a Sweet 16 basketball team that could that, and you already know. We once you get to the Sweet 16, any anything's up for grabs. Anything can happen. The, right. the, the, this team. They defend, they get nasty, they get up at you. They have a guy that they can put the ball in their hands in Marcus Evans at the end of the game who could take over for you. Uh, this this team has is so deep. They they go about 10, 11 deep, Sadie. Every game they got at least 10, 11 players scoring the basketball. And they're, they're led by head coach Mike Rose, who was on that staff in 2011 for the that VCU Final Four team. And he's just carrying that. And the shock is smart. Right. Yeah, yeah, with Shaka Smart, he was the assistant coach on that on that team, and he's just carrying that. He's carrying that mentality over, and, and you could tell he's 
he's he's keeping the players motivated because they were the preseason ranked number seven, and he lets them know every single game. And and they're they're hot right now. They're on the twelve game winning streak going into the tournament. They're definitely one of the teams I see I see possibly being a Cinderella team talking about this year. Um, another another team another team that could put who know who knows who the other team could be, man. I just see another Cinderella team coming out of nowhere, coming out of nowhere, making things happen. But I see VCU being one of them. Gotcha, gotcha. Always going to be excitement for the tournament. Always going to be shocking. A lot of teams shocking the world. But nevertheless, there's going to be 68 teams dancing in this year's tournament, right. having their sights at a chance to be in the Final Four. Folks, don't go nowhere because when myself and, Will, and Mike, when we come back, we get in, into some NBA news and some NBA talks. You're listening to the Sebu Podcast Radio Show, streaming only here on WNSC Radio. You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes? Have no fear. The Sebi Podcast experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast.info for any of our audio segments on Spotify and iTunes and some of our streaming visuals on our YouTube website and links there at sebipodcast.info. Some cool merch. If you want to DM us and send us all of your email requests, we'll be sure to get them here on the Sebi Podcast Experience. And remember, folks, whether you're listening on air or viewing online, Sebi Podcast is wherever you go. And that is the slogan.